All right, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, I want to look at uh, verse 8. Very popular passage here. I want to welcome all the visitors and uh, the ones who are brave enough to return. Hallelujah. You're only a visitor once. After that, you're part of the family. Amen. <laughs> you're already part of the family of God, I hope, if you're born again. Joshua 1.8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, go down the road a little bit in the New Testament to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to look at uh, verses uh, 13 and 14 here. It says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, say spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk about how to take hold of the promises and blessings of God by releasing our faith. It's one thing to have faith, but brother, sister, you need to release the faith. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this here. Specifically, I want to talk about the importance of releasing your faith through words, through words. I want to talk about the power of the spoken word. Specifically, I mean, I'll break down to later, is speaking the word of God. Verbally speaking the word of God. Now, I want to talk about some important things that take place when we speak or agree with the word of God. This is a powerful topic here. And I, I truly believe that much of the body of Christ on the earth today is not experiencing the blessings of God. They're not experiencing the fullness of the blessings of God because they're not releasing their faith. You need to release your faith. And so they're not following the complete instructions that are in the book. How many of you know if we want the blessings of God, we got to follow God's instructions? Amen? So they're either not following the instructions or... They are releasing their faith in the devil more than their faith in God's word. Amen. Go to Proverbs 18. Go to Proverbs 18. And I want to look at verse 21. Let's kick this thing off right. Get a good foundation here. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. <laughs> Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is so interesting of a scripture. Every time I read it, it just, it just blows me away. It's death and life are in the power, or death and life is in the authority of the tongue. Literally, what it's saying is our tongue has the power to direct our lives in the way of life, or in the way of death. 
That's the kind of power. That's the kind of authority that's in our tongue. That's in our mouth. Because listen, our words are containers. Our words are containers. They either carry death or they carry life. They either carry blessing or they carry cursing. Words, listen to this. Words are a spiritual force. Did you know that? Words are not just a natural thing. Words are a spiritual force. You maybe never heard that before. Well, how can you say that, Pastor James? Because first and foremost, we're a spirit being, are we not? Words originate in our spirit man. Words are a spiritual force. And I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit. But, I mean, have you ever noticed that words can change an atmosphere in a place? I mean, you, there's, there's times when they're in an atmosphere, I, let's just use the old popular one, a family get-together. Those are fun, aren't they? I, also, I mean, things, the atmosphere is just, you know, everyone's happy and things are great. All of a sudden, the black sheep of the family walks in Whew, and, and starts talking and, and uh, spewing out some things they ought not to be, and, and the whole atmosphere changes. You know what I'm talking about? But listen, the Holy Spirit is grieved when we allow words to come out of our mouth that don't carry life and that don't carry blessing with it. So, I don't know, some Christians, I, I just seen it. And, and, you know, we've all fell into this trap, but, I mean, a consistent. You see some Christians that constantly talk with negativity. They constantly spew out word curses all the time. And then they have the the gumption, the nerve to ask, why doesn't anything ever go right in my life? Well, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? Learning about the power of our words should be Christianity 101. It should be one of the first things that we learn when we first get born again. And now, another thing that needs to get taught and understood when a person first gets saved is the infallibility and the power of the Word of God, the Bible. When I first got born again, uh, and, you know, that was one of the first things that come uh, as a revelation to me, and and that was taught to me at at, at the church that I got saved at, was the power how, how high God holds his word. The power of the word of God. The infallibility. It's perfect. There's, there's no errors in it. You see, I, I grew up in a denomination, in a church that didn't teach that. Uh, I mean, maybe they believed it, but they never taught it. I never heard that before. So when I first got saved, this was kind of a new thing to me, you know, and so this, in, when you talk about releasing your faith, that's one of the foundations that really needs to be built. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is infallible. The Word of God is the Word of God, not the Word of man. Are you hearing me? And that became very real in my life. So let's dig into the Word and let's allow the Holy Spirit to give us uh, revelation, illumination, on how to take hold of the promises of God by releasing our faith. I said this before and I'll say it again. I hope you hear what I don't say. Do you know what I mean by that? I hope you hear what I don't say. See, I can only bring up certain points. But there's you down there, even when I'm preaching, I'll say something, the Holy Spirit speaks, gives a revelation on something to me. 
Some, you know what I'm saying? So I hope you hear what I don't say. I hope the Holy Spirit gives you more revelation from what I'm just speaking to you today. Amen? Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. How to release your faith I want to talk about today. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 10. It says this, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Notice, faith speaks. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will ascend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, the context of this scripture is talking about becoming born again, of course, right? But I want to tell you something. In verse 10, there is a principle to the kingdom of God. There is a principle there that is not just for being born again. It's a principle, it's a key to the kingdom that we need to latch on to. Let's read it again. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness... And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That, I'll tell you, that phrase has been stirring in my heart all week. Confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. Say it. Say, confession is made unto salvation. The Holy Ghost is trying to get his point across here. Don't ever forget this. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Faith and unbelief will always manifest itself in words. Jesus said it this way. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That, see, this is the spirit of faith. We just read it. This is the spirit of faith. The attitude of faith. The spirit of faith. We believe in our heart and therefore we speak it. If you believe it, you're going to speak it. Are you hearing me? Now, listen to this. So, so I believe that the confession part is one of the most neglected things in the body of Christ. You know why? Because a lot of people have taken that, that, oh, confession is made unto salvation. Oh, word of faith. You know what they've done out of it? They took that word and they made a denomination out of it. So what happens? A lot of people put their wall up and, hey, oh, word of faith. Oh, you're just preaching word of faith. You're just teaching that name it stuff. No, it's the word of the living God. So what you see is you, a lot of people that have faith built up in their heart, but I will tell you right now, just as important as that faith in your heart is the confession unto salvation. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. So what does the word confession mean? The word confession means this, to agree with. Or, here we go, to say the same thing as. Isn't that powerful? To agree with or to say the same thing as. I like that. I like that definition. So let me share this principle again with you in the kingdom of God. Confession 
must be made unto salvation. So what's the importance of that, Pastor James? Well, don't let your mind be limited on the word salvation. A lot of people, when they hear salvation, all they think of is, oh, when I die from this earth, I pass away, I'm going to be in heaven. That's simply salvation. No, no, no. Salvation has been called by some scholars the all-inclusive word. The word salvation has wrapped up in it every provision you need to live in this life and to take you in the, to the life to come. Are you hearing me? Salvation implies healing, deliverance, wholeness, soundness of mind, peace, protection. All these things are wrapped up. So you can see now, confession is made unto healing, unto deliverance, unto prosperity, unto, are you hearing me? There's more to this than what I'm telling you. We, we need to go deeper in this topic here. So all the benefits of the new covenant, a lot of people hold it up right here, but I'm telling you right now, it's got to come out of your mouth also. To unlock the benefits of our salvation through Jesus, the word of God must not only be in our heart, but it must come out of our mouth. Uh, you're going to hear me saying that a lot. It's got to come out of our mouth. It's got to. There must be agreement, however. Listen to me. There must be agreement between your heart, your spirit man, and your mouth for, you to con for contact to be made in the kingdom of God. Did you hear me? Well, I'll just blab it and grab it. No, 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 no. Listen. Listen. There must be agreement between right here and your spirit man. Are you hearing me? There must be agreement between your heart and your mouth for contact to be made in the kingdom of God. For anything to happen. For you to transfer the benefits of the new covenant from the spirit into the natural, there's got to be agreement between the faith in your heart and the, in your mouth. Go to 2 Corinthians 1. I want to show you something here. Some good stuff. Uh, 2 Corinthians, did I say first? Go to 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1, I want to look at verses 19 through 20. It says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him, in Jesus, was yes. Now listen to me here. Verse 20. For all the promises, say all the promises, of God in him, in Jesus, are yes and in him, amen, amen, to the glory of God through us. Listen to me. Legally speaking, legally speaking, the blessings of our salvation, of salvation, belong to us as Christians. But to experience the blessings of them, there's a difference between the legal part, that the provision's there, and then there's a difference to experiencing them. Have you found that out yet in your life? To experience the blessings, you must verbally release the word of God that's in your heart. Jesus has done everything he's ever going to do for about salvation. Before he took his last breath on that cross, he, what did he say? It is finished. So guess what? There's nothing more that Jesus is going to do. So the, whether we're going to experience the blessings or not of the gospel, it's in our court now. 
confession of God's word, agreement with God's word, or to say the same thing as God's word must be made unto salvation. Now, what I want to point out of this passage here is this. And you could easily pass this up, and I've done it so many times. But the word, amen. All the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yes, and in him, amen. All right? That just, you know, we'll just, we just cruise through the scriptures, and, but listen to me. This is what I'm pulling out. The word amen means this. Yes, so be it. We as Christians must, listen to me, you may have never heard, seen this before like this, we must verbally put the yes, so be it, to claim the promises, the benefits, and the blessings that legally belong to us. We put that amen on the promise. That's why you see Christians walking around, yeah, they're, they're born again, all right, they're on their way to heaven, but they don't believe one bit in the healing message or deliverance, and they stay in bondage. Why? Because you can be a partaker of some of the blessings and not partaker of some other ones. Why? Because some Christians have not put the yes, so be it out of their mouth on healing, divine healing. They've not put the yes and so be it on that God is still the worker of miracles today. Are you hearing me? They haven't put the yes, so be it on you name it, the benefits of the gospel, prosperity, whatever, taking a a vow of poverty, which is absolutely demonic. Are you hearing me? It's not the will of God. So, listen, I want to I just point this out too. How important, I felt like I needed to talk about this just briefly. How important is the spoken word uh, out of our mouth when ministering and praying for healing? How important? Well, listen to this. I want to tell you this. In, if, if you're ministering healing... And either one-on-one or in a service type of setting. If the Holy Spirit gives you a, a word of knowledge and says, I want to heal such and such. All right? And specifically, he gives you a word of knowledge. I'll tell you right now, it won't happen. That manifestation won't happen until you speak that word of knowledge out. Don't tell me there's not power in our spoken words. Because words are a spiritual force. Words are a spiritual force. So, you, you know, that's great. Holy Spirit can give you words of knowledge all day long, but they're not going to mean a thing until you speak them out and you act on that thing. Are you hearing me? The spoken word releases the power of God. You are literally coming in agreement with heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you hearing me? You become a connector between heaven and earth. Think about that. As a Christian, you and I, we're simply connectors between heaven and earth. I mean, does that excite someone in this place today? That is absolutely incredible. And there were times in Jesus' earthly ministry when he asked people if they believed if he was able to do this. He, he asked them that. And, or, or he gave them an action to do. Stretch forth your hand. Go and show yourself to the priest. They were healed while they were walking. The hand was healed when they, when they stretched forth. I'm telling you right now, Jesus was given those individuals an opportunity to release their faith. To release. Say release. He was given them uh, an opportunity to release their faith verbally and with action. Faith always acts and faith always speaks. 
It'll always manifest. There, in fact, there's a scripture where, remember, there's a lame man and, and they took the roof off the top of a house and brought him down. Jesus said when he's seen their faith, faith should be seen. Faith should be heard. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. In fact, when you minister deliverance to an individual, you, when you're casting demons out, you verbally speak a command to those demonic spirits, commanding them to come out. They won't go anywhere until you verbally give that command in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? Now, so it's important. It is important. Now, to have faith in the Word of God, to have, to have the Word of God in your heart doesn't mean that you read it once a month. Are you hearing me? It doesn't mean that you just pick it up every other week. Once a week. No, but rather to be so filled with the Word of God that confession begins to overflow out of your mouth. You become, it's like you eating so you eat so much, pretty soon you keep eating, brother, sister, you're going to puke. You know what? You should be eating so much of the bread of life, the word of the living God, it should come out of your mouth. It should be spewing out of your mouth. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. And listen, if you need faith in a certain area, such as healing, for finances, protection, uh, whatever, you need to find verses on those, of those promises that tell you that those things belong to you. You need to find those things and you need to meditate on them. You need to fill yourself with them. But listen, some of you, when you hear the word meditate, all you're thinking is, okay, I'm just going to think on these things. No, because what we read according to Joshua 1.8, meditation is not only thinking upon those verses, but verbally speaking them. Verbally, because it says the word of God shall not depart from what? Your mouth. Your mouth. And listen, when you meditate on the word of God like that and you speak it, you let it come out of your, out of your mouth, it will build, build your faith. Because Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me let you in on a little secret. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter who's doing the speaking, whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's someone on TV. Simply, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Are you hearing me? All right, Mark chapter 11. You can't talk about releasing your faith and not go to Mark 11. Hallelujah. Mark 11, I want to look at verses 20 through 24, pull out some interesting facts here. Mark 11, 20 through 24 says this, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you, which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let's break this down a little bit here. 
The morning before, the morning before here it says, Jesus cursed a fig tree. He verbally spoke to a fig tree and cursed it. And the next day, Jesus and his group were walking by, and Peter remembered what Jesus did the day before. And he brought it to Jesus' attention. Jesus, that tree which you cursed yesterday, look, as if it surprised Jesus, you know. <laughs> In verse 22, Jesus said something very, very interesting. He said, have faith in God. Now listen to me. This is the importance of studying the word and going back to the original. The original manuscripts and studying the Greek on this. Because in the original Greek, that verse literally says this. Jesus said this. Have the God kind of faith. Yep. He literally, that's what it says. It's not just have faith in God. In the original, have the God kind of faith. And this is extremely important to understand because this is a key or a principle in the kingdom of God. So the next thing would pop into your mind, I hope, is what is the God kind of faith, right? If Jesus told us to have the God kind of faith, we need to know what is the God kind of faith. Well, it's found in Genesis chapter 1. When God created the earth, the universe, and everything in it, it was created by God speaking. Think about this now. Listen. God said, let there be light. Let there be, let there be, so on and so forth. And it was. Do you know the words that come out of your mouth? You're prophesying your future. The words that come out of your mouth... In fact, I think Kenneth Copeland's doing a teaching or did do a teaching. He said, you're the prophet of your own life because the words that come out of your mouth are literally directing your life, either in the way of life or in the way of death. That's a fact, Jack. Amen? Our, here's the fact right here. Our words have creative power in them. Do you know that? Our words have creative power in them. They are carriers of life and they're carriers of death. Did you know we have been made in the image of God? Did you know that? We've been made in the image of God. That's not the doctrine according to Pastor James. That's the doctrine of the Word of God. Amen? We have been made in the image of God. So you can, it, you, it's easy to make the connection when you understand that between that and what Jesus said. Have the God kind of faith. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, absolutely powerful. That's why you can speak. When, when I minister healing, you'll see me. I speak to the cancer. I speak to the tumor. I speak to the growth. Because our words are spiritual force. They have creative power in them. <laughs> and when you mix the word of God in with it, look out. You're going to get results. Are you hearing me? See, this is why the book of James in the book of James, God warns us that our tongues have the power to bless and the power to curse. Our tongues, the Bible says, is like a rudder on a ship. Our words literally determines our course in life. In Matthew 12, 37, Jesus said, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Words, in fact, are so important to God. Our words, the words that we speak. In Luke, listen to this. In Luke chapter 1, verses 13 through 20, the angel Gabriel visits Zacharias and tells him that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a son and they were to name him John, John the Baptist, right? Zacharias, when the angel told him this, Zacharias doubted. And he spoke words of unbelief about the message because of their age. Lord, or, you know, how should this happen? You know, our age and all this. He spoke words of unbelief. And the angel, and Gabriel, the angel Gabriel told him that he, Zacharias, was going to be mute until the birth of their child. Did you ever connect that with this? I would say words are extremely important to God. Whew, man, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Listen, God had to shut Zacharias' mouth. Because why? Because Zacharias could have thwarted the will and plan of God because of his confession of unbelief. That's a fact. If, if, if he couldn't have thwarted it, why would God have to mute him? I'll tell you right now. This is one of the things I always try to hammer in. Our responsibility People say, well, if it's the will of God, it'll just happen. Okay, so you're telling me right now then, people who are getting raped, molested, murdered, that's the will of God because it's happening? Give me a break. Give me a break. I'm telling you, God has given us power on this earth, authority on this earth. We, have, we need to use it for the glory of God. Are you hearing me? Now back to Mark chapter 11. Faith always speaks. We must release our faith. Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Look at this again here. Jesus said this. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. This is interesting. And you know what? There's testimonies I, I could tell you. But we're literally, we're people that spoke to mountains. TBN, Paul Crouch spoke to a mountain once because the, the television, uh, the... Um, Oh, what he, the signal wasn't making it. There's was a mountain in the way. And this, the Holy Spirit quickened this verse to him. And he spoke to the mountain and the, and the signal came in immediately. Listen to me. Jesus, I, I'm telling you what. He, I, I believe this is also literal. This is a spiritual kind of a thing too in the spiritual. But listen to me. We can speak to natural things and they'll obey us. Why? Because a spiritual overrides the natural. And words are a spiritual force. Oh my. Speak unto this mountain. Be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart. But believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever. Say whatever. Whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you. Or to you. Whatever things you ask when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Whatever comes out of your mouth and you truly, come on, you truly have faith in your heart for that thing, you will have it. How can you say that, Pastor James? I didn't. Jesus did. Jesus said it. My goodness. And you know what? I'm radical enough to believe Jesus. I'm radical. I'm just radical enough that I can speak the physical mountains. Hallelujah. I am... I'm telling I'm talking, and specifically I'm talking about praying and speaking in line with the Word of God. 
Now listen, this principle can be used in a negative sense also. Just like meditation. Meditation, biblical meditation is filling yourself with the word and speaking it. How many of you know that there's a transcendental meditation that the devil has? It's a counterfeit of the real. So just, I'll tell you right now, Satan and evil spirits know the principles of the word of God better than we do. He knows how to use them. For crying out loud, people in the occult know how to twist things. Are you hearing me? And it ought not to be that way. Because we need to use these things for the glory of God in the advancing of his kingdom. Now, so this principle can be used in a negative sense. Some people truly believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that they're going to get sick. That they're going to get a disease or some other negative thing. And if you do that, listen to me, if you are doing that in your life, you are willingly accepting the devil's package for your life. Because listen to me, I said it, I'm going to say it again, Satan and evil spirits know that this is a principle and a reality in the spirit realm. Guys, I'm telling you, we have been too carnal. We have been too carnal. We have to tap into these spiritual things that God has given to us. Now you can see why I have been praying to God. God, open my spiritual eyes and ears. Teach me about the realm of the Spirit. Teach me about your kingdom. Give me more illumination, revelation of your word and how to, how to put it into action. Are you hearing me? We've been too carnal. Too carnal. But listen to me. So Satan and evil spirits know these principles and they twist them, they pervert them. Listen to this. That is why the enemy attacks your thought life so hard. Listen, follow me now. This is why the enemy attacks your thought life so hard. Evil spirits want you to be so filled with fear. They want you to be so filled with evil, with evil thoughts. And you know what they're really trying to get you to do? First and foremost, they're trying to get you to confess it. They're trying to get you to agree with. And they're trying to get you to say the same thing as them. Are you hearing me? You notice in Joshua 1.8, it talks about meditating. First, it's got to be in your heart. It comes out of your mouth, and then you end up doing the thing. Everything begins in your thought life. Everything begins in your thought life. Are you hearing me? So, really, they're trying to get you to confess that thing. Because the minute you let that negative confession come out of your mouth, guess what? The rudder turns. The rudder turns and they know it. But we've been so spiritually dull, we don't even, you know, we, we don't even consider what's taking place in the realm of the spirit when we let these negative confessions come out of our mouth. You better believe the enemy knows the reality of Mark eleven twenty three and 24. But in a positive sense, Jesus said, believe when you speak, believe when you pray, and you will have it. We can have absolute confidence that we will receive when we pray or when we say. I said you can have absolute confidence when, when, uh, that you receive when you pray or when you say. Listen, there are times when you ask and there's simply times when you just dec decree a thing and it will be established, the Bible says. Amen? Go to 1 John chapter 5. This is an interesting scripture. 
Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Whew, this is awesome. I love this, these verses right here. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, in, in our heavenly father. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You know the first thing that jumps out at me when I read that? God must want us to know his will. If we are expected to pray in line with it, he must not be hiding it from us. Hallelujah. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have petitions that we asked of him. The key to having confidence in receiving from God is to pray in line with his will. That's the key right there, it says. Like I said, it must be possible then to know the will of God. Well, where is the will of God found? In the word of God. In, I mean, you know, we, we just, it's right here. It's in front of us. This is interesting. Hebrews 3.1. Hebrews 3.1 says that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our, you guessed it, our confession. Yep. <laughs> now, this is powerful. I want you to think about this here. Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. The word of God says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us in heaven. Scott mentioned that scripture in praise and worship. In other words, when, listen, when we speak and pray in line with the word of God, Jesus pleads our case to the Father in heaven. He's our high priest. Jesus is our only go-between. You don't need saint such and such. Because if you're a born-again Christian, guess what? You're a saint. A lot of people, a lot of Christians walk around thinking that they're just an ain't. Are you hearing me? No. If you're a born-again Christian, you're a saint. And Jesus is our only, say only, mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, the Bible says. So this is another reason why we can have absolute confidence when we speak and pray in line with the Word of God because Jesus is backing us up. Who else do you need on your side? Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Remember this. Don't ever forget this. The only prayer or request that God is obligated to answer is the one that's in line with His will. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. You want to know why? Because when you're delighting yourself in the Lord, your desires are going to line up with His desires. You're not going to ask for anything outside of His will. Are you hearing me? When you delight yourself in the Lord, you're going to be led by the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. When you pray and speak in line with God's word, you are releasing, you are loosing, you are attracting the resources of heaven into your situation. And you're binding the forces of darkness. Did you hear me? How many of you want to attract the resources of heaven? How many of you want to attract the Holy Ghost? When you come into agreement by speaking and acting on the word, 
You are laboring together with God on this earth, according to 1 Corinthians 3.9. 1 Corinthians 3.9, King James Version, which I love the King James, says that we labor to get where laborers together with God, with Him, together with partnership. So when you speak the word, you're partnering with God on this earth. Did you ever think about that? You're partnering together with God. Look at Psalm 103.20. I've got to bring this up. For some reason, the Lord really has me going along the line studying on the angelic, on angels, and the ministry of angels, because I think we're going to really start to see an increase as the, this move of God when it hits. As it get, I mean, I'm already starting to see an increase of the angelic ministry. Amen? Psalm 103, 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word. Heeding the voice of his word. Now, the, this scripture says that God's holy angels do God's word. Does it not? But it goes a step further and it says that they heed. They listen up. They're listening for the voice of his word. Brother, sister, we as Christians, we give voice to the word of God on this earth. And the Bible says that when we speak the word, the angels give heed to it. And they come into that situation. Whatever you're facing. Are you hearing me? How many of you want to put God's angels to work in your, in your life and situation? I said before, there's probably a lot of bored angels out there in the spirit realm of God's. We got to speak the word. We got to put them to work. Because they only... They only heed the voice of God's word. We're simply mouthpieces. Are you hearing me? We're simply mouthpieces. We give voice to it. We didn't create the word. This is God's word. We're simply giving voice to it on this earth. And angels respond to that. Hallelujah. Now, the opposite is true also. Listen. When you speak negative confessions, not in line with the word of God, not in line with the will of God, you are loosing. You are attracting forces of darkness into your life. Did you know that? And you're binding the resources of heaven. How many of you know I want to bind the forces of darkness and I want to loose the resources of heaven? Now, there's something else here. I'm getting close to ending here. There's something else in Mark chapter 11 that I want to point out. The manifestation of Jesus' spoken word with that tr fig tree was not immediate. The, listen, the, 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 the outward manifestation of, of seeing it in the natural, was did not, it did not happen right away or instantly, did it? No, it did not. What can we glean from that? When we pray in line with and speak the word of God with faith in our heart, Listen, you may not see the manifestation instantly, but you need to know the power of God has been released in that situation to bring it to pass. The words that, that Jesus spoke went right to the root of the fig tree. It went right to the root of that fig tree. Just because they couldn't see any natural outward sign or manifestation... Those words that Jesus spoke went to work immediately. 
Are you hearing me? I want to show you something else. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. Are you getting anything out of this today? Mark 4, 26 through 29. And he, and he said, Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Listen, we need to consistently sow the incorruptible seed of God's word in our life, in, in our situation, in our children. And the results are not always instantaneous. It takes consistency and it takes patience. But listen to me, it will manifest if you don't give up. Are you hearing me? There's something else. Oh, we'll see if the Holy Ghost brings it back. We give up on our blessings and breakthroughs too easy. We need to stay in faith until we see the manifestation. Many times we void and cancel out our blessing, our, our blessing by the words of unbelief in the waiting period. When we're sitting there, how many of you know the waiting period, it's tough? But there is a waiting period many, many times. We need to stay in faith. We need to continue to sow the word of God, the incorruptible seed. Yes, that was it. I'm trying, I don't know exactly the ref reference, but it says, raise your children in the way of the Lord, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. You want to know why? Because you planted the incorruptible seed in their heart. If you're raising them, truly raising them the Bible way, you know what? There may be a time when they're straying, but I'll tell you what, they're going to come back because that seed's going to bear fruit. Incorruptible seed. Say incorruptible. Another thing I want to mention, uh, mention is that parents, when, when, when you speak a word curse over your children, you may not see that word curse immediately come to pass in the children's life. But you better believe the enemy is loosed in your child's life immediately when you cut them down. Are you hearing me? Immediately you have just attracted because of your authority over that child. You have loosed the enemy on your child. Now who, who in their right mind in the natural would see a murderer, and you got your child, and you say, oh, murderer, here, come, come and take my child. Well, the devil's a murderer. The devil's a thief. And the words that you speak, you, well, if you speak word curses and negative words to your children, you're loosening the murderer on your child. Oh, man, the Holy Ghost just illuminated that to me when I was writing this. We need to speak the word of God over them. Speak the word of God over them. Amen. Now, my last scripture, and I'm done. I had to bring this up. Go to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, talking about how to release your faith. 
Hallelujah. Get rid of the fear. Too many of you have been releasing the fear. You know what fear is? Fear is faith contaminated. Fear is a perversion of true faith. Fear is, a fa is faith in Satan. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Release your faith in God's word. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. This is a great, I'm telling you, this is a, that's a great promise of protection and deliverance to verbally claim every day for you and your family. All right? But I want to point something else that's interesting out. You ready for this? Every, it says this, every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Listen to this. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment or word curses you, you shall condemn or you shall make null and void in your life by speaking the word. Oh, okay, you missed that one. You missed it. Let me try it again. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment or that comes against you, that speaks something wrongfully against you. Or you could say that war, tries to throw a word curse on you. By the way, you know in people who are in the occult, witchcraft and all that junk, that you know how, how they, they put spells and curses on people? The spoken word. And it looses the forces of darkness. Are you hearing me? But listen, it says that you shall condemn that judgment. By you speaking to counteract it. You know, it wouldn't hurt once in a while just to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just renounce every word curse that was ever spoken against me, against my family. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just, was it hurt? Well, I don't believe that. Fine, don't do it. But what was it hurt to do it? I believe it releases something in the realm of the Spirit. And you come against it by your spoken word. Hallelujah. Your enemy's, your enemy's tongue comes against you verbally and you condemn it or void it out by the words that come out of your mouth. Because listen, it, the Bible says a curse causeless shall not come. For a curse to come upon your life, there's got to be an opening. It just won't come causeless. And I'll tell you right now, thank you Holy Ghost. He just told me, he said the reason some come against us is because of the negative words that come out of our mouth and we open the door to the devil. So guess what? When, that, when an individual speaks a word curse against you, that thing comes. And that tries to accomplish that which he was sent to do in the negative realm. Are you following me? So don't stop at keeping the word of God in your heart only. Keep it in your mouth also. Verbally release it because confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto healing. Confession is made unto protection. Confession is made unto every provision that God has for you as his child. So put the word of God, put the power of God, put the angels of God to work in your life from this day forward by verbally releasing your faith. If you agree with it, say amen and let's stand up in this place. Right now, 
I can't think of a better time than for you to confess your sin to God for letting word curses come out of your mouth. For, for taking hold of Satan's package by the negativity that's spewing out of your mouth. Not right now would be a wonderful time for you to do it. Everyone close your eyes. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for agreeing with the devil. Forgive me for saying the same thing as the devil. I confess it as sin. I see that I am wrong. And I ask that you would cleanse me with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that your Holy Spirit would help me to speak words of life, words of blessing in my life, over my family, and over every area of my life. Now, the Holy Spirit's revealing to some of you, some of you have word cursed your husband. Some of you had word cursed your wife. Some of you word cursed your children. Some of you have been word cursing that person at, at work, on the job. I want you to speak a blessing over those individuals now and condemn or void out those effects. Just in your own personal way, turn the music up. Just take time to do it right now. Come to the treasure. Now maybe there's someone in here, you're like, that sounds great, but I'm on the outside and I'm, I'm looking in because I'm not born again. I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to have the privilege to pray with you. I want to have the privilege of seeing you have a new birthday, the born again experience. And I want to pray with you over here by the baptismal. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this place without making him Lord of your life. And certainly don't leave this earth without making Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus, Jesus, we praise you. Because Hell and the lake of fire await you without Jesus Christ. Isn't that something, saints? Isn't that somehow someone can live 70, 80, 90 years? They take their last breath and they're in hell. Why the provision of salvation was there all the time. <laughs> and, for, and they passed it by for 70, 80, 90, 100 years. This ought not to be. Saints, we got work to do. We got to go out and compel the lost to come in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We, I, the Lord has been speaking to me about this. We've been doing a horrible job. We've been doing a horrible job of witnessing and evangelizing. We've got to go deeper because we're going to be held accountable. Now, maybe you fall if you're saved, but you know what? You, you feel right now. If I died right now, I, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell because you strayed from the Lord. You made him Lord of your life at one point in your life, but you strayed. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come forward and meet me over here. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Well, that's Pentecostal. That's charismatic, Pastor James. No, guess what? It's Bible. It's Bible. It's a Bible experience. It's the normal, by the way. 
Satan has done a wonderful job of trying to make the normal things of the Word not normal. But if you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to meet me over here. And I want to pray with you to receive the precious what Holy Spirit baptism. Hallelujah. Now maybe you're in this place, you need prayer, you're, you need a physical healing. You need uh, uh, healing in your emotions. Uh, you just need prayer for some type of a healing or just prayer for anything. I want to pray with you. The rest of you worship the Lord. I'll open up the altar if you want to come and kneel, lay down, whatever you want to do. Worship the Lord. There's a breeze blowing through here tonight. So I praise and adore you, lay it all down before you in every way. You're beautiful from my heart. I praise and adore you, made the world beautiful, and I cannot stand and deny you.
this up. This is our declaration today. to shout unto God. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Be blessed, everyone. Thanks for coming today. Wednesday night, come on back. What do you got? And